Well, good morning. This is the second week of uh, 2016, and if I have not yet wished you, I want to wish you now a very happy new year. Uh, we are starting a new series, as you can see. Uh, this is a church-wide series um, from the book by Bill Hybel, and it's called Simplify. We'll have uh, four sermons, and this is it. Four weeks, 17th of January today, we are uh, doing this topic called Streamline Your Schedule. Uh, we will have uh, next week, COP5, on Spending Wisely. Uh, Vincent, strengthen your relationship, and then we finish off with Fully Surrender. Four sermons only, and I believe the cell groups will be doing um, discussion after the sermon. All right, and well, uh, let me tell you why we are doing this. I want to describe the state that we are in now. What we believe, right, is the state of many people's lives. Sorry. Now, this is the state we are in now. There is... I believe that we have ended up with, ended up with more responsibilities these days. And uh, we have family obligations, and there are work demands, and then there are church duties, and because you're a Christian, you have ministry commitments, and there are always household chores, children things. They compete for a very limited amount of time. But not only do we have more responsibilities, this is our culture. The culture now is that there is also higher expectations. And what I mean is that your organizations will have goals and targets, uh, work always has deadlines. Your spouse, your spouse has standards, all right? And amount of time you spend with your kids and how clean the place should be, how often we should travel, where we should spend, when do we upgrade? Uh, children needs your attention. Your parents, of course, want your love and concern. Your CG members want your care. The church wants your commitment. Your friends want your involvement. And in every area, uh, we have to give something and we are bound to disappoint. So this is the state of affairs we are in now. Um, and because life is so complex, and we know that life is complex, we thought that it is good for us to uh, do a series like this. We, we know that people feel more exhausted, church people like you. We know that people feel overwhelmed. Uh, you, f- you feel that you are overscheduled and you are disappointed. Now, the way to deal with this, um, well, what, by the way, I just want, I put that there because I want to uh, make it clear that this is not a sermon about time management. And um, we are not talking about simplicity for the sake of achieving uh, greater productivity and efficiency. It's not about that. Uh, We are talking about soul care. I am not used to this. Okay, now, soul care. We know about soul care, that there are two lists. There is a stress list. Uh, the things that stresses us out, and then they are on the right-hand side, resources that cancel them out. And the stress lists are usually the things we have to do, whereas the resource lists are the things we want to do. Uh, there are things that depletes our reserves, and there are avenues for us to replenish our energies. So 
on the left-hand side, we have mental stress, and it's usually caused by having too many targets and of, with deadlines. And then we have no, no control over that. Physical fatigue is because there are just too many tasks. You are darting here and there and handling too many things, running here and there, and your days are filled. Emotional stress is because there are too many needs and you have, you have to be available to meet these needs, these many demands on you. On the resource list, we know that the, a good way to deal with mental stress is to exercise or to delegate. You just call a friend, hey, this is a very bad bit. Do you mind just taking Bible study for me this week? I can't come. And uh, you just call someone, can you handle my duty? You know, you just delegate a bit, get some help. Uh, recreation, you need, you need some encouragement. Uh, if, if you're physically tired, a restful sleep would be good. A good diet is, is good. Uh, of course, I don't think it's a problem for us. And emotional exhaustion, understanding support is good. Family time, a refreshing word from a friend. You know this. We have read and studied and discussed this before, soul care. The problem is not that we do not know about soul care. The problem is that we don't have time for soul care. Soul care requires us to spend time with people, time to rest, time to go for a run. We don't have time. So therefore, we... We can't do so care. So we feel very trapped. And as a result, we feel very frustrated. Yeah. Um, I want to introduce you now a verse at the start of this sermon. I, I believe that this is the key verse to a simple life. Matthew 6. 33, and I'm very worried because I'm afraid that you will switch off now. Now, Matthew 33 is so, it's a loaded verse. It's quoted a thousand times in your life. You memorize it from young, and it's not the kind of verse you want to be thrown at, you know. Uh, but I know this, this is an important verse, but somehow it doesn't affect us in the way that it should affect us. And I think that it is because we know this verse, but we don't really know this verse. We know this verse, but we don't know this verse in the practical sense. What does it mean? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. What does it really mean practically? But I want to tell you that actually this is the verse we have to unpack and try to understand because it is the key to the simple life. Okay? And uh, of course, you know the context, right? The context of how Jesus then gave this verse, make this offer to the people was that he saw that people were concerned about real life, you know, worries, real needs. And, and the Lord said it, why do you worry? Don't worry about this. The Father can provide. The Father knows. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. So that was the context. Now, looking at the seek first his kingdom, seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you, it, 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 it tells us that there are, there are kingdoms. There is my kingdom and your kingdom, and there is God's kingdom. And there is a 
a boundary to our kingdom. The boundary to our kingdom is determined by our effective will, meaning that when what I want to be done is done, when my will is done, to the extent that my will is done, that is the extent of my boundary. And God has, God has endowed all of us with a realm where our will is done on earth, for good or for bad. And God will not infringe on this range of our effective will because it is a gift. Free will is a gift. And God will not override the decisions we make in our reign. But there will be no invasion of this kingdom. There will be no uh, uh, forced takeover of, of our reign. You know, uh, because it is a gift. Free will is a gift. See, um, so what does Matthew 6.33 have to do with uh, the simple life? You know, uh, our kingdom, our kingdom, operates very differently from God's kingdom. And Matthew 6.33, Jesus is making us an offer. Uh, just, just think of it like, like SIA making an offer for Tiger Airways shares that, you know, and just presenting uh, to the shareholders of Tiger that it makes sense. I mean, look at the state you are in, you know, and we are SIA. Uh, we have a track record. Come. It's like Jesus making an offer to us now. Look at the state of your kingdom. And I want to tell you what my kingdom is like. And he's making an, as an, an offer. There are two things. You can continue to reign in your kingdoms and your respective kingdoms and you know, you have the right to, you can, you have the right to continue to run your kingdom. Or the offer of Matthew 6.33 is, you come under my reign. So this is uh, the offer of Matthew 6.33. But, but why, why should we even think about Matthew 6.33 and having a, sim a simpler life and consider his kingdom? Well, let's take a look at the real state of our kingdom and kingdoms. Now, because whether or not we should accept this offer depends on whether it is a good offer, right? And we have to appreciate this fact that the kingdom that is messy, the kingdom that is overshadowed is not God's kingdom. It's our kingdom. It is not a united kingdom. There is a lot of infighting inside our kingdom. Let me explain to you what I mean, okay? This is our kingdom I'm talking about. Our kingdom has a conglomerate of selves. You know, I, I just give a few examples. Of course, there are more selves than this. There is, a, if you're married, there's a parental self. You're a mother, you're a father. There is a corporate self. This is productive part of you. Uh, you are a worker, you are an employer, you are uh, an entrepreneur, you are an employee. There's a religious, religious self. You are a child of God. I'm a member of, of this church. There is an energetic self, the active self. I'm a jogger, I, I'm a soccer player, I, I'm a golfer. 
There is also the quiet self, the literary self, the meditative self. I, I like to cook. I like to read. I like to listen to music. I like to, to go to a concert. Uh, they are all individualists. Each protects his interests very jealously. There is no bargaining, very little compromising. And the members know they are right. They scream and they protest. So if sometimes, some nights, you just feel that you just want to on at home and listen to Shafan, right, the music, and then there will be a part of you who say, hey, you need to listen to music with your hands, don't it, right? Can you just clear the laundry while you listen? Do you need to listen to music with your legs? Can you run on the treadmill and listen to music? Come on, there's so many things to do. Don't just lie down there and just listen to your shofan. Please, there's so much to do. So there's a lot of, in Chinese, zhenzha. All the members are zhenzha. Uh, this is the state we are in. It is not a united kingdom. There's a lot of infighting. Now, in this United Kingdom, let, 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 me, let me play out this scenario for you. Huh? What it might uh, look like in real life. In real life. Uh, in this kingdom, of course, there are dukes and duchesses and, and these are the characters, okay? There's a filial son self, a family man self, an energetic, active man. There is a corporate man, parental self, social self. They are, they are all inside your kingdom. Everybody has their own little territories and reign and shouting. So your mom calls you and she requests that you fetch her to the hospital uh, because your uncle is there and, and uh, she wants to visit. Actually, she doesn't really need you. Right? She can take a cat, but actually she wants to spend time with you. you know? And you sense it. <laughs> you say, okay, mom. Filial son self say, all right, mom. Um, when will this happen? Immediately after you say yes, the family selves will complain. Are you the only son of your mother? Every time she has a need, she will call you. And every time she calls you, you'll say yes. Hey, come on. And the female sons reply, hey, but I am the older son and I'm the only one with the car. Is, is it... Is it so wrong that I should respond to my mother when she has a request? And the energetic, active self said, ha, ha, uh, how about responding to your overweight body? Do you know how heavy you are? You only have time to work. I need some exercise. I want exercise. It has been six weeks since we played soccer. I want exercise. And the corporate self-defense, hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, it's, it's not true, okay, that I only give time and that I only have time for my work. I am not the last to leave the office. Everybody in the office works hard. I work hard for the family. I'm a senior in the family. I want to set a good example for my juniors. And the parental selves come forward, oh, yes, Mr. Good Example. How about being a good example for your kids? They only see you in the weekends, okay? And are you proud of that? And the social self say, well, lucky you see them in the weekend because Mr. Atas only have no time for friends. He has missed every class gathering. And then the religious self has the last word. You know what's the problem with you? 
The problem with you is that you have no time for God. You have no time for God. I'm not asking you to do street evangelism. How about doing some QT? You know, so this is the divided kingdom. This is the conglomerate of self, the duchesses and the Dutch, the dukes, shouting, screaming, calling for attention. Uh, and some of us, in fact, so many of us feel exhausted and frustrated by the increasing demands on our very limited time. And I believe that modern society accentuates our sense of being fragmented. I know many people um, feel... Uh, yeah, many, many family men in particular feel very guilty about not being able to juggle their responsibilities uh, successfully. Uh, they cannot lose their job, so they really have to work hard. They don't want to fail their family, and they certainly don't want to neglect God. So we are uneasy, we are unhappy. All things are needful and good, sure. Your children, parents, spouse, family, friends, recreation, work, ministry, body, hobbies, they, they ought to be given uh, proper attention. They need to be allocated uh, appropriate time. So this, this is really what it looks like. This is our kingdom. God is revealing to us. It is a fragmented kingdom, not a divided kingdom. It is a very distracted kingdom. It is very scattered. We are like balancing multiple spinning plates and we respond to the plate that is about to fall. So we, we give it attention and action and then we attend. And then there's an emergency. We give it attention and action. We respond, we react. This is the kind of uh, a life that we have. We need to know what kind of a life, what kind of a kingdom and kingdom we have. And then, how do we achieve? How do we achieve balance and equilibrium in our lives? I, I want to tell you, it is not by putting fewer things on many plates. It doesn't work because you will still be very scattered. The antidote to a crowded life is having one plate with few or many things, but having one plate. And that is the Matthew 6.33 offer. The Matthew 6.33 offer is life under one divine center. The parental self, the corporate self, the religious self, the energetic self, they come under the unifying control of a spiritual arbitrator, a divine monitor. So everything is orientated to a new center of reference. There's no need for each member to flag their, uh, to wave their flag of self-interest. All things will receive attention in its appropriate time. And to, to put it in another way, if you're a corporate man, there is an organizational restructuring so that every department now reports to one head. And that is the Matthew 6.33 offer. Now, uh, you know, actually, um, we, we cannot respond to the Matthew 6.33 offer unless we want what God has to offer. And so, before considering Matthew 6.33, we have to ask the question, 
not what you want to do, but the question is, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? This Next slide, please. Yes. Okay. This is the detail of the offer. Uh, expanded. The, the small prints. Matthew 6.33 offer expanded is like this. I think God wants us to be this kind of person that His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. He has given you great, precious promises so that you can participate in divine nature. That is God's offer to you. Put it in another way, Romans 8.29, Paul said that he also predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son. Or put it another way, in Ephesians 3, 17-19, so that, Paul, Paul was praying, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of Christ. This is the picture of that, the other kingdom, what God wants to offer. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be this kind of person? Because if you don't want, you, you don't need to, Consider the offer. The goal, in other words, uh, is our character, uh, or to be more specific, Christ's character. Our life is God's canvas. The artist is the Holy Spirit. And the pain are the colors in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And 23. Uh, pardon my mistake there. So let's read Galatians 5, 22-23. The Holy Spirit produces. These are the colors He's going to use. The kind of fruits in your life, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Using these colors, God is going to paint an image of His Son. This is, this is what He wants. His kingdom. His kingdom offered to us. And when we align our kingdom to God's kingdom, this is who we will be like. This is who we will be. So the, the question uh, is now posed to us, who do you want to be? Now, I, I don't know whether it just still sounds very theological and, you know, like, uh, yeah, of course, you know. Uh, can, can I just tell you that I've experimented with Matthew 6, 6.33, I will tell you how it works. Okay? Uh, when I started work, uh, I was still then living with my, parent, my parents in Jurong West. Uh, I have to... I, I wasn't used to the long commute, uh, which is from Lakeside, Jurong West, all the way to, uh, to uh, Tanjo Baga International Plaza. I had two problems. When I was a student, I read the Bible a lot, but when I started work, I read a lot less, and I was not happy with, with uh, the time spent with God and His Word. The second problem was that I always, was always late for work. 
I, I tried many things. I tried self-discipline, willpower, and, but the results were very inconsistent. Some I'll, I'll be early and other times I'll be late. And it, it was still not what I wanted. I finally brought it to the Lord in prayer. And I said, that I, Father, I, I know it's poor testimony to be uh, late for work. I, I really don't like that. I want, I want to do the right thing. And number two, I really want to go back to the days when I could spend time with the Word again, like when I was a student. But I'm really too tired. The journey is long. The train is crowded. When I'm back home, the journey is long. I'm tired. And so the, the divine monitor took over. And the prompting was very clear and very unexpected. See, the, the problem that the Lord identified was this. It was a newspaper, the Straits Times. I'm a Straits Times guy. You cannot leave a copy of the Straits Times on the table and not distract me, even if I'm late. Which is what happens. In the morning, I'll rush, I'll bathe, and quickly, just five minutes, headlines, articles, just then I'll run. But you see, it doesn't work because to be on time for work, I have to leave at uh, 8.21, take a brisk walk of seven minutes, and catch the train just before 8.30 because then I can get a seat. Anytime after 8.30, I cannot get a seat. It has to be just before 8.30. The journey will take 23 minutes. Then I will go to International Plaza to wait for the lifts as it's very, very crowded and be in the office on the dock. I will not be late. So God, if that is what you say, I told my mother, Mom, just terminate straight times. And she did. She saved money and the divine monitor called the shots and this is it. Cut it off. And I did. And I want to tell you, that was the breakthrough on time. And I finished so many Bibles on the train. I mean, this is 23 minutes every, and we worked Saturdays in those times, 23 minutes every week for years. I finished so many Bibles on the train. Now, this is what I mean. My kingdom, your kingdom, and we say, enough. I don't like this mess, everybody crying for attention. I can't cope. I come under your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Seek first your kingdom. All right. You call the shots. And then God takes over. He will eliminate the things that should be eliminated. And everybody is quiet because the divine arbitrator has spoken. Let me give you another example. You know, um, just last week on the uh, on the 5th of January, uh, I had a class gathering uh, of friends uh, from pre-U days. I haven't met them for so many years. And so everybody was just updating, you know, family, children, this, that, that, that. And I said, that, well, uh, so how, how about you, Tong Nang, my Chinese name? How about you, Tong Nang? I said, well, actually, I have quite a simple life. And actually, I don't have very many things. I'll tell you what I don't have for a change. How about me telling you what I don't have? Okay, I don't have a wife. I don't have, I don't have kids. I don't have a maid. Actually, I don't have a car. No, car. Uh, no, no, no car. Actually, I don't have a TV. Uh, I, 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 don't have an, I don't have internet. They were astonished. And then one of my classmates said, Wait, Tong Nang, let me tell you what I don't have. I don't have a husband. Actually, she spoke in Hokkien. Can I speak in Hokkien? Wabo ang. Wabo kia. Wabo me. 
because she's living with her mother, her parents. What about you? What about you? What about Louis? And what about you? And we had a big laugh. And wow, I know you think I'm weird, but I wasn't always so weird. Let me explain to you that I used to watch a lot of TV and enjoy movies like you. I used I. I, I did own two laptops and I did surf the net. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not from some uh, Stone Age. I, I do uh, <laughs> like these things. But you see, every time there was an issue that the Holy Spirit needed to address, surfing the net at night, um, just for relaxation, just to, you know. Uh, so it's very educational. A lot of things in the net you can read. Uh, meant that I, I was always sleeping a little bit late and I would be very tired. And um, the other thing about watching TV, uh, the, the other issue was that I, uh, I wasn't praying enough. I, I knew that. So I've been getting a lot of these messages from God in the sermons and the spirit stirring in me that, not right. You, you know, you know you're, you're running your own kingdom and, and this is the state of affairs. And I said, finally, I responded to, again, Matthew 6.33, all right, my kingdom under your reign, tell me what to do. And of course, I, I told you, um, uh, well, I told you about how I decided to uh, terminate uh, Starhub and all that, right? So, so that, that's one story. The other one was that um, after I've decided that I, I don't want the computer, I, I really don't need to serve, someone called to say that, hey, actually, do you have laptops? You know, uh, some third world pastors really need it. I said, just take it. I gave it twice. Uh, I bought and I gave it away. And so life is very, very simple and very weird to you, but it's, it's, it's all right with me. The detox was a lot easier than I thought. And the Lord was aligning my kingdom with the divine kingdom, and I find myself reading more. I have more thinking time. I have uh, more sleep time. And the other thing was that God removed the desires for the things which I thought I could not do without. By the way, I do read the papers, but in the office, right? And, uh, and everybody shares the paper, so if I have time to read, I'll read. If I have no time to read, it's okay. I'll just, sometimes I just cut out articles I read in the train. I read when I'm waiting for buses. I'll just cut out some articles. That's all. But simplicity, simplicity means that I don't have to pacify the varied voices and the demand, the demands for my, for my attention because the divine monitor say, cut it out. Get rid of it. Stop doing this. I say, okay. And I think that my lifestyle and practices, my priorities and values, slowly resemble those of the kingdom, those of the chief shepherd who is at the center of reference, and he alone is the director of what puts what is on my plate. It can be a full plate, but one plate, he says. I'll give you another example. You know, it's, it's not just about subtracting, just in case that, you know, Matthew 6.33 means that I have to give up, give up, give up. It's not like that. It's about taking on two. You know, uh, uh, every year I would spend uh, time evaluating uh, the year, and uh, Chi Ming does that too, by the way. And, uh, and the father will, I would be asking the father, what, what should I be doing? 
uh, and the father will tell me will tell me what I should be doing, and I have jotted down many many prayers of uh, what I will do the following year. One of the things I I felt that I should be praying for, and the father agrees, is that I want to be a friend to people who needs my friendship. And uh, true to his promise, Galatians chapter five, you know, Galatians chapter five then came to the inauguration and said, well, son, if this is what you want, I'm going to give you more love and gentleness. Because, you know, I'm an introvert. I like to spend a lot of time on my own. Uh, spending time with people uh, is, is, well, it's not my strength. But if that's what you want, I will make you a friend to people who need your friendship. And that's what happened in the years following. Uh, I was, uh, one time I thought that I should be more hospitable because I read in the Bible that an elder should be, should be hospitable, <laughs> give hospitality. I said, okay then, well, if this is what an elder must do, can I, I'll, I'll just pray, uh, can I be more, I, again, I, I'm very private, I'd rather stay on my own, which is, um, it sounds weird, but I'm very, very comfortable staying on my own. It's peace. But having people to stay over my place is an intrusion into my privacy and, uh, but, I, I pray, thy kingdom will be done. I come under your reign. Let it be. And so the Lord opened opportunities for me. Uh, people coming over to stay. Uh, usually not long, Yuda, you know, whoever. Uh, two nights, three nights, and then it got longer. Uh, one week, and then uh, recently some Mongolian uh, missionaries came for two weeks. But it's, it's real test. But you see, the ability is given. Math. Galatians 5 is available for me to serve with joy, to have kindness and the goodness, and you will be faithful because this, who do you want to be? Is this what, who you want to be? All right, I'm going to give you those resources there to help you to be who I want to be. I want you to be. And I find that very, very, it's a good offer. But every year I will be checking with him. Now, this year, uh, you know, I, I, went, I went to Europe and U.S. Uh, in December, so from 30th November, and I came back on the 17th. It's a very long holiday, and I know the consequences. It's the fun in the first part in December, but no fun in January. I know that. So when I came back on the 18th, I saw uh, six or seven stacks of files with letters to respond to, documents to read, and, and there are, I was surprised there were about 800 emails to read. Uh, it, was one, it was exactly one week before Christmas. The corporate cards came, and I had to write corporate cards. It's my, it's my department. I sent them out, make sure that the list is out. Then I had to quickly buy presents because gift exchange, and the staff needed presents, get them read. And uh, then there were meetings and all that. I, I don't know how to cope. And I saw two notices from the court. One of the notices was, they were all uh, during the time when I was away, to file a reply submission on the 5th of January and another notice to file a reply, sub, uh, to file submissions on the 15th of January. That gave me very little time, uh, submissions, because the trial was over. I had to plow through all the notes of evidence, review the authorities, type out my submission, tender submission, the whole box of documents. I, I didn't have time. Anyway, I had to do it. And because I was away for so long, all the meetings were scheduled in January by my secretary. So my, every day, at the, from 3 to 5, 3 to 6, every day I had appointments. And then in January, you know what happened, right? 
January, we had a week of prayer, so I had to be in church Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And the class gathering was on that Tuesday, which means that I have very little time to do all these things and to do all the submissions and the meetings and the defenses. And I brought it to the divine monitor and arbitrator, and I said, that, well, actually, you know that my plate is full and I've got a sermon to preach the following week. Actually, I am feeling quite gloomy. And I don't know how it's going to be, but I want to be in church. And I don't want to skip any meeting. And that was exactly what the Lord did. For the, the sub, reply submission in the faith, three colleagues said, well, maybe we can help you to, to plow through all these authorities. And, and, and they supplied me with some writings on the authority so that I can incorporate. My opponent wrote to the court for the 15th of January submission to ask for time. And being classmates, the judge was a classmate of my opponent, it was granted. It was granted a month's extension. So I could then take leave this week to prepare my sermon. And a friend dropped by to visit me and said, well, I know, it's just, you know, this is January, just a wish. And uh, some, there are some materials and books I thought you know, they were good. And I look at them, hey, it's just a very good material I, I could use for my sermon. The divine arbitrator arranged a lot of things. Even though I had a busy week, it was not, I was not, it was, it was all right. So it was, this is just an example. This is the portrait of the son, uh, brothers and sisters, Matthew 5, 23. And uh, the Holy Spirit produces in your life love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? There are two Two pictures I want to uh, give you, and I have to hurry. I thought this would be a short sermon. Uh, you know, uh, Luke chapter 10, uh, 20, 38 to 42. No, this is the story of Mary and Martha. I want you to turn to this. And because there are two verses that describe the two kingdoms that the sisters were in. So, Luke, John, Luke 38. In verse 41, in verse 41, this is a description, the state of Martha's, sorry, it's Mary, I'm sorry. The top, verse 41 is the state of Mary's kingdom. Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Listening. Verse 42. Am I right? I'm a bit confused. Uh, okay, definitely. Just, just refer to the passage, all right? Martha opened her home and uh, Mary uh, sat at the Lord's feet, listening. This is the state of Mary's kingdom. And Martha's kingdom, verse 40, she was distracted by all the preparations. And Jesus said in verse 41, Martha, you are upset with many things. This is the divided kingdom. This is the kingdom with everybody screaming. There's, things to be, there's no time for everything to be done. But, but Mary sat at the Lord's feet. There's another story of the kingdoms. This is Jesus' kingdom. Of course, Jesus lived under the Lord's reign. 
Uh, he went in Mark chapter 1, verse 29 to 39. Jesus went to the hometown of Peter and Andrew. And remember, he, he came out of the synagogue and then he went to Peter's home and Peter's mother-in-law was sick and he just healed Peter's mother-in-law. And, and nobody did anything because it was Sabbath day. So he couldn't do anything. He rested. And the Bible said that when it was sundown, when the sun set, the whole village went to, uh, for ministry. And I imagine if it's a whole village... He would have ministered right up till the wee hours of the morning. Then it was recorded for us that uh, in the morning he went to, for prayer and just before uh, uh, the sun came up, Simon and his companions went to look for him and they found him and they exclaimed, Hey, the Lord, everybody's looking for you. We haven't finished ministry yet. Uh, probably they, they couldn't finish uh, all the ministry the previous night. Jesus replied, No, 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 no let, let, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villagers. I, I have to preach there too. You see, there must have been that night when he was praying, that morning he was praying, the father said, enough, uh, don't, don't stay another morning. Just go. Because I dictate your schedule. Uh, there are things to do. This is not the right time to continue staying. Jesus was busy but unhurried because he had a, a one-plate life the God-directed life, the God-focused life. And, and these are the verses uh, to, to back up what I have to say. John 15, 19. Truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father is doing. John 8, 28. I do nothing of my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. And again, in John 14, 20, John 14 31 that the world may learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what He has commanded me. So ask, brothers and sisters, who do you want to be? But better still, why don't we ask this? Father God, what do you think is possible for me in 2016? You see, you're involving God now in your plans what do you think? And do you think that the shepherd of your soul, the creator of the universe, the one who holds the whole world together, who loved and died for you, do you think that it is possible that God might have a plan for you in 2016? That He may have an agenda for you? Of course He has. So why don't we ask then, Father God, what do you think is possible for me? And I, I want to ask you this again. What, what, what do you want to be? Because the Matthew 6.33 offer is this, that under God's reign, under His rule, His kingdom, He will give you the desires to be like Christ and then He will supply you with the power just to be like Christ. He says this in Philippians 2.13, it is God who is at work in you to will and to act, which is exactly what happened when I had to give up certain things, when I had to take on new ministry and to do the things that I thought I'm not gifted in and I, I took on and I set aside to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purposes. And Hebrews 13, 20 to 21, now may the Lord of peace equip you with every good for doing His will and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him. What 
Do you want to be? Look at this list. I want you to look at um, Galatians 5, 23. I know many of you feel very guilty about, about many things because you have... You had resolutions before, you know, it doesn't work. Even godly resolutions, I want to be a, uh, you know, I want to attend a CG, I want to be more prayerful, but it didn't work, right? But good resolution is not good enough. Good resolution is, must be empowered by good motivations. And you've got to bring it to God to say that I need those motivations. In your kingdom, you will give me those motivations to work out what is in your will, but I want to come under your will, align myself under the will. I want to take up the Matthew 6.33 offer. So m- maybe, I'm just giving it, maybe you, you are a mother and you, you are not happy uh, with uh, what you are doing for your children and you feel guilty and maybe your prayer is this, Father, I want to align my kingdom under your kingdom. Show me what is possible for me this year for my family. I really want to be a better mother. Maybe that's your prayer. And I can, I can imagine the Lord telling you, responding to you that if your desire is to be more Christ-like in your parenting, to be like me to the family, I will give you my love. It is not an inconsistent love, but my love, I will also give you patience for your children. They are fruits produced by the Holy Spirit some things that are important to you now will fade away so that it will not interfere with my plans. And some of these new desires and new priorities I'm going to put in you. So the, diffi- the difficult task that you had in previous years will be easy in 2016 because you want it to be. I can imagine the Lord responding to us like that. But to take up the Matthew 6.33 offer, you must first answer the question, who do I want to be? I want to be more Christ-like. It is possible. It is possible to have a totally new year with new schedule and in a kingdom that will not leave you overwhelmed, overscheduled, guilty, frustrated, and sad. A last picture before I conclude. Now, this is, this is a picture of the unified life. You know, uh, by the river, a single trunk. There are leaves and branches and there are fruits and ev- there's so many things to, uh, to produce and to show, to, you know, just, just to take care of. But there is a single core a single big branch and everything is supplied from the roots to this trunk and Jeremiah has this to say that this is the picture of the unified life, the life under Christ. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, Matthew 6.33, one plague life, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out his roots to the stream. It does not fear when he comes. No worries, no and fast, its leaves are green. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. It is God who does the uncluttering. 
It is God who will do the rescheduling in 2016, and it is God who will do the empowering. And if you want this, then you pray with me, please. Uh, I know we have five more minutes, but I want to close the meeting with one song. Jesus, be the center of my life. But let's, let's come to the Lord in prayer first because the musicians will, will take a, a minute to prepare. And let, let's just come to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask this question, and I believe this is a question God is asking you. Uh, who do you want to be? Would you ask the Lord, Father, in the year 2016, can you tell me what is possible for me? Let's pray. Father, we have just come to the end of the second week of 2016. There are, there are 50 weeks ahead of us. And, and God, we know what it is like to feel depleted and exhausted. We know what it is like when darkness fills our heart and we feel guilty and, and very sad. But thank you, Father, for the life you promised us in John 10.10, 10, that, that you came to give life and a life abundant. That, that's what you said. It is not a life of exhaustion and depletion. You know how many of us here feel weary and, and are discouraged? Sometimes in our despair, we don't even know what to pray. We don't want to pray anything because we, we think that we are in a rut. Oh, Father, teach us how to pray. The most central aspect of prayer is not words. The most central aspect of prayer is trust. And, and we want to tell you, God, that we, we don't have many words. We just want to say this, that we, we want the, the offer made in, to us in Matthew 6.33. We desire the Christ life, the one-plate life, we, want, we desire Christ and His ways. We bring to you our messy kingdoms and queendoms under your great kingdom. And we believe that because of your grace and because of your goodness, we will receive your resources, we will have your solutions, we will be given, we will be shown your wisdom, you will give directions and you will provide, as you said in Matthew chapter 6. And we want to keep in step with you. We want to choose your direction we pray that you will lead the way for us in 2016. Show us, Father, from Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23. As we look at the list, tell us, tell us, God, what is possible for me in 2016? What are your plans for me? We want to be attentive to the divine center and may the whisper of your divine guidance make us radiant in 2016. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's rise for uh, just one stanza of this. It's, it's our prayer to God. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. 